Welcome to Energetic Radio. I am your host, Dale Sybottom. Join me each week as I bring you amazing guests and interviews from some of the world's best operators. They will teach us how to bring fun, energy, and joy into each and every day. Let's get stuck in. Welcome to episode number 78 of the podcast, and today we are joined by A-League superstar Vince Leah. Now, Vinny has played over 200 A-League games. He started his career in Melbourne with the victory, and from there he went over to Wellington, where he played for 10 years, and now he's playing in Adelaide. And from that, he's had a fantastic footballing career and learnt so many things along the way that he's going to share with us today. Also talks about the torture of pre-seasons and after 14, how they're still pretty hard and they're probably getting harder. And not only that, he's going to talk about his other passion in life and that is cooking and the benefits that that does about being in the moment, present and just being able to unwind from a busy, stressful profession in soccer. So sit back, enjoy. I had a lot of fun catching up with Vince Lear. buddy i'm good mate how are you going really well it's been ages mate i I was just trying to think before we uh jumped on how actual the actual time mate i'd say it'd be nearly uh probably 14 15 years yeah it would have been would have been probably when i left you know it's hard you lose touch so quick but both doing doing pretty well mate yeah, we are, mate, and oh, that's, I'm just going to get straight into it, mate, and uh, start start with something that uh, I want to get your opinion on. Now, you've played over 200 A-League games. Um, would the highlight be the A-League, or would it be under-13s in Ballarat when you won the state championships? <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about that not, not long ago. We were training here pre-season, and it was raining, it was windy, and it was freezing. And I thought, you know what? I've played in a game like this. It was in Ballarat <laughs> when, I, when I was 13. And that's not something that I want to remember. <laughs> I, I remember taking, keepers taking goal kicks and the ball just coming back almost over their head. <laughs> oh, mate, that was uh, good times, though, mate. I still remember yeah, that very yeah. vividly. So um, your career, mate, from a boy from Tatura Country Victoria is just going from leaps and bounds. You've been at three different A-League clubs now, mate. What's What's been the highlight so far, buddy? Uh, look, I think we obviously won a championship in Melbourne. Um, I wasn't part of the match day squad, but to be to be involved in that group, we lost four games for the year and and dominated the league that season. Pretty much was was you know it was always nice to to be involved in a good team and as a young kid um, playing with some really good players. And then I left for, for Wellington for more game time, um, and I got that. I was there ten years, and and we had we had a good period where we were in the finals three or four years in a row and. And I was just speaking to someone here in the car that one year that we, we missed out on the grand final by one game. We played Sydney to make the grand final and lost 4-2. Um, we had the two weeks before that, we had sellouts. We played, played Perth and won on penalties. And then Newcastle, we won in extra time, you know, in front of a full house in Wellington. So they're, they're memories that I look back on pretty fondly. Yeah, nice, mate. And now, obviously, you're in uh, Adelaide. What's... Well, you've lived in completely different places. Obviously, Melbourne, fantastic place. Wellington's beautiful, very windy though, so it is quite similar probably those days in Ballarat. And, and now you're now you're in Adelaide, mate. What uh, what experiences, or do you prefer one or the other? You probably you're probably not going to say that, but uh, have you have you really enjoyed living in different countries and different states? Yeah, I have. I mean, you, you obviously prefer. I would prefer to have been in Melbourne the whole time and and close to family and friends because I've missed I've missed a lot of stuff, but. 
you know, as a footballer, you got to go where where the work is, and and you could you could end up anywhere. So I ended up in Wellington, and and to be honest, I, I loved it there. It was yeah, the weather's not great, but the city's beautiful, um, and we had a really close bunch of boys. I think maybe because everyone was there without their family, that we we were so close, and and that's why I think we did well in those years. Um, but it, I guess every club's you know, and every place is different and, and there's pros and cons to it all. I'm loving Adelaide at the moment. Um, I guess being in Wellington that I'm, I'm now used to a slower pace and and Adelaide is, you know, it's a step up, but it's not as busy as Melbourne. You know, there's no traffic and I live five minutes from the city. Uh, the weather's nice. I'm getting the summer finally again. Um, so my, my girlfriend's liking it. We're, we're close enough for people to drive for the weekend and, and come and visit us. So it's been, it's been good and um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, nice, mate. I, I think in uh, Wellington, I've never uh, been there a couple of times for work. I've never in my life been so scared actually coming into an airport. When <laughs> I think the plane was really coming in sideways, mate, and that's just that's just normal. Was that's a normal what, landing, mate? What was <laughs> what was it like playing soccer in those conditions? Yeah, it's hard. We we actually got really lucky with the with the wind. It seemed to favour us a lot. I don't know whether we were just used to it from training in it, but. We had a few games where you know it was so windy that this quality of football wasn't great, but we got helped out. We had a few goals where we scored because of the wind, um, and you know you could see you could see other teams' faces when you're in the tunnel lining up. That we knew we'd, we'd basically won the game if we could score first, we would win because they were they weren't happy. They didn't want to be there. It was windy, you know. It's a it's a horrible place to come and play. And we you know we went two I think two and a half years undefeated at at the, our home stadium. So uh, it, it worked out well for us, but it's not nice as an opposition team to go to go and play there. So. <laughs> it's one of those, uh, it's a pretty big advantage really, isn't it, that to have yeah. conditions like that. And for people that haven't been to Wellington, I, I recommend going there one day in a plane. And if it is a big gust, ooh, it'll really get the hair sticking up on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just mentioned, obviously, you know, being away from family. Is there any other sacrifices you've had to make along the way, Vinny, to, you know, live your dream? Yeah, I mean, every day you're making sacrifices. You, when you're younger, your mates are going out on the weekends and you're you're not because you've got a game. Um, and then the more, I guess, the more professional you get, now it's you got to eat right. You know, there might be times where you want to go and have a beer in the afternoon, but you can't. You got, you know, you got training the next day, or you're travelling on the weekend, and you're always eating well. It's it's you you train once a day and sometimes twice a day, but you're never really off. You're always kind of thinking about the next day you've got to prepare for the session um you know you've got to eat well you've got to keep your fluids up so it's constant sacrifices but they're worth it you know we're doing something that we love and once you retire mate you're retired a long time so yeah that's i think that's a really good point mate and, and one thing you just mentioned there about cooking now i follow you on instagram mate and uh I think uh, you're a semi-professional chef as well, mate. Is, that, <laughs> is this a uh, hobby that we'll see down the track? You'll be on MasterChef or you'll be releasing cooking books? Uh, is, <laughs> is it a passion of yours, mate? It is a passion. It's, you know, I guess the, the older I've got, the, the closer I am to finishing up and that's something that I'm looking at. I need to, to figure out what's next for me and, and I guess the easy thing is to stay in sport and, and do the old coaching or sports admin or something that is comfortable for me but I, I enjoy cooking and I think that that could be an area that I I go down go, can go down that track and and I guess Instagram and, and stuff is just for me, a little way for me to to kind of get my name out there in that industry instead of football and see what kind of comes of it um, I've done a little bit of work here with a company called Sprout 
um, catering company and, and cooking schools and just kind of dipping my feet into the water and seeing if, if I like it and if it's something that I think I'd, I'd like to do next. And, and I enjoy it. So I think the key to, to doing anything is if you enjoy it, it doesn't really feel like work. So I need to, to find out what, what really drives me next. Yeah, I like that, mate. And obviously, you know, soccer's been your passion your whole life and um, I'm sure you'd like to keep playing that. But, uh, yeah, cooking somewhere you'd go now. Is that, uh, is that something you've always had? You've always loved cooking? Or is it just through, obviously, the uh, learnings you've had as a professional that you've picked up along the way and looking after yourself? Yeah, I think a li- probably a little bit of both. I, I moved away from home when I was 16. I went to, down to Melbourne and lived with my sister um, because I was missing too much school and that's... That's another sacrifice I had to make, but I had to, to learn how to fend for myself pretty early on. Um, so I was cooking um, along with my sister. I was I was cooking from 16 years old, so I've done it for a long time, and and it's grown into something that I enjoy. Um, and I guess the the schedule that I have, that I'm home in the afternoon and my girlfriend's at work till six, it's easier for me to cook. Um, so, and then I guess coupled that with the 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 education you get as a footballer how to eat when to eat what certain things and and how to fuel your body for training um i think you know it's it's a little bit of both and and i'm hoping that that knowledge that i've got through football is something that can help me in this industry when i you know when i finish up yeah, and I think uh, I think so many people in life, mate, are, are still looking for their purpose or something that uh, you know they find really enjoyable. And it's good to see, mate, yeah. that you've got something outside of football. Um, obviously, coaching is something that you can go into too. But um, I think that when you're cooking, does it take you to like a place you're very present and um, you're not really thinking about anything else? Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you you cook yourself, but it's you know there's quite a lot of things going on when you're in the kitchen and. You know, reading recipes, cleaning up, and and cooking, and making sure that you're doing the right things. It's it's something good just to forget about training and forget about football because it's important. Uh, in uh, if you focus on one thing too much, I think it's unhealthy. So it's it's something that I I enjoy, and it does. It takes me away from from the game a little bit, and I enjoy doing it. So we'll see where it, where it leads. I don't know what will come of it, but and hearing that other people are still trying to figure out what they want to do. It makes me happy because it gives me a little bit less pressure. You know? <laughs> oh, mate, I think uh, people, I think with today's age, there's so many possibilities and opportunities. And um, with social media, people only see the best things that people are doing. And they're like, oh, wow, I want to do that. Yeah, I do you know, I want to do those things. So, um, mate, I think if you could, uh, I think you'll find something in the future, no dramas. Now, one thing you, you mentioned there, obviously moving away from home, Shepherd at 16 is, is a massive thing to do. And I know that you're really close and you still are with your dad, Mimo, and you had great mentors like Herbie and things growing up. Did did you find that really hard? Or were you able to, to gain mentors at that young age when you moved down to Melbourne? Yeah, I think it wasn't too hard again because it was something that I really wanted that it didn't feel like I was sacrificing too much I, I did have my sisters down there which made it easier like I was still with family and I didn't feel isolated um, you know so I had I had some support through family and they would come down every home game and watch and so you know I'm still really close with them but having my family there my sisters there were was a big help at that young age and then you gravitate towards kind of older players and, and coaches along the way have helped you and, and kept you grounded. And um, it's just, I don't know, for me, it just felt like something that that I needed to do and it wasn't it wasn't really a sacrifice for me. You know, I left, I left home, I left my friends, but um, they all understood and, you know, it's it's worked out well for me. 
Yeah, it definitely has, mate. You've uh, got a, a glorious career there. Now, one thing I'm really big on, mate, is uh, like daily routines and um, sort of habits that uh, you make part of every day that you're just non-negotiable. And it sounds like cooking most nights for you, mate, is your release, your time to get present. Do you have any other daily routines in the morning that you do or um, sort of things that, you know, keep you grounded? Um, not really, to be honest. Um yeah, not really. We have we have before training we have a, a period where we will go in and prepare for the session. Um, you know, like sometimes in the summertime, I'll we go to training and you can have a little bit of muesli or breakfast there and a coffee. And if it's a nice day, I'll sit out on the step and look out over the pitch and just enjoy five or ten minutes to myself before the grind of football starts. Um, that's always nice to to get outside um, and do that. But then for me, it's preparing my body, I guess, for training. And I guess throughout my career I've had a few injuries and you probably find this with players that have been injured that they now look after themselves a lot better than the other ones um, but I, I've got a kind of little routine that I like to do I've had hammy problems before um, so I, I I know what I need to do before the session to get myself fired up and, and make sure that I don't get injured um, so I'm, I'm doing that every every morning before training and twice a week after after sessions I, I do a heavy loading session on my hamstrings just to keep them strong because I, I feel like if I'm not doing that and I get injured, I'll, you know, I'll kick myself for not, for not doing the right thing. So that's something that I do. Not all the players do it. And, again, players that haven't been injured before don't, don't realise how important that kind of stuff is. But they will. <laughs> you yeah. learn that stuff along the way. <laughs> it's you, know, the, it's, yeah. you learn the hard way. But, you know, you've got to let people figure it out for themselves. That's it, mate. You could uh, preach all you like, but until somebody yeah. actually does a hammy or does a soft tissue and keeps redoing it, they're not going to really listen, are they? And I suppose yeah, that right. leaves you, mate, 14 pre-seasons. I know you're in the middle of one at the moment. <laughs> um, does it get any easier? Nah, it doesn't. <laughs> they seem to get longer and longer. Um, and the thing about pre-seasons here is it's through the winter time, so it's you know it's horrible. You're up and it's dark and it's you're finishing and it's dark. But they're important, you know. We I don't mind doing them because I know they're important. If you, I've had pre-seasons where I've missed the bulk of it, and then you're playing catch-up all year. You're you're playing, but you're not as fit as you should be, and you're a little bit behind everyone else. And then the niggles start. You start getting little problems with your cars, little problems with your hammies, because you're not super fit. So they are important. And and for me, we spoke about it before. Missing a day or two here and there if you're sore or if there's a little problem is much better than trying to push through and missing four weeks or six weeks. Because if you miss that, then you're behind. And then you're playing catch-up. Yeah, totally, mate. And you'd rather you'd rather have a day off in pre-season and actually miss game time when, mate, uh, when points are on the line. I'll pay good money for a day off right now. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. The coach might be listening, mate, and uh, you'll be able to get one. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, is there any goals that you haven't achieved yet, Vinny, in, uh, in your career? I know you said obviously winning a title and being part of the squad would be... Probably number one, I'm guessing. Yeah, I was I was involved in that squad, but didn't didn't play. I was a young kid, and I didn't play on that you know in that grand final game. So for me, winning winning the A League would be something that I want to do. I've only got at least this year, maybe one or two more. You know, so time's running out, and I want to. You want to win silverware. Anyone that plays sport wants to win things. Um, you know, so there's the FA Cup, which we FFA Cup, which we lost last year in the grand final. Um, and now the A League, it's it's two trophies up for grabs that we we want to win. You know, every team wants to win that, and I'm no different. So, um, I guess the the goal of going overseas now is is kind of gone. Asia, if it comes up, but it's not it's not high on my radar anymore. 
Um, so for me, winning trophies is is the last one left, and and hopefully this year or next year we can you know we can pick up some silverware. Yeah, nice mate. Well, hopefully it comes your way. So you've just mentioned obviously playing overseas, and um, I know with particularly soccer, there's so many different opportunities. And I remember when we were growing up, and you were playing, you were captain in Australia, you were doing all these things. Did playing overseas uh, ever like was it ever a real big possibility, or were you really content playing in the A League? Uh, no, look, I, I think every young kid wants to go overseas. It's trying to find the right place and, and being there at the right time. I went on a few trials in between the old National Soccer League and the A-League starting. I had a year or 18 months where there was no football and I was playing Premier League in Melbourne. So I went over as a kid and went to a few different places and for whatever reason, it didn't didn't work out. So once I signed at Melbourne Victory, I've been kind of comfortable in the A-League and, and never never went... I guess overseas on another trial since you know since the A League started. If if opportunities came up or contracts came up, I would have taken them or I would have seriously looked at them. But for me, security was a big thing, and and you know when a club offers you a contract in January, um, for me it was something like should I take it and and have some security for the next two or three years, or risk it and potentially you get nothing. You know some players are you know comfortable they they're willing to wait go overseas and try their luck and, and hope something works out. But for me, it was, it was I guess, security and I had contracts and I was enjoying football here. Um, and so I've stayed and now it's, I guess, you, you lose track of time and it's from 33 and you'd think, shit, where's, where's the time gone? But, <laughs> you know, every player's different. And I don't think now that the A-League is pretty strong for a young player to play constant games here, I don't think there's a, a real reason to kind of go overseas really, really early. Um, but every play is different and, and there's no, I guess there's no right and wrong way to do it. Yeah, and, and I suppose, mate, you'd be regarded as a veteran of the A-League now since, <laughs> you know, 33, you are getting a bit on, mate, and I must admit I'm the same age, so throwing myself <laughs> under the bus. Um, have you, what, what's the change you've seen in, you know, your 14 seasons through the A-League, mate, like, or is there, has there been a huge change, you know, with the professionalism and I know you're saying pre-seasons are getting harder. Have you noticed a difference or it's just been gradual because you've been part of it? Um, I guess at the time you don't kind of notice it, but if you look back now from now until, I guess, the first few years of the victory days in Wellington, it's it's getting more scientific. Uh, there's a lot of data now in sport and, you know, you've got heart rates and GPS monitors on every session. So they're monitoring your kilometres really, really closely to, to reduce the risk of injury, I guess. You know, back in the day it was trained as hard as you can every time. Every session was hard and it was a hard session and if you got injured, you just dealt with it. But now they're trying to monitor you and be smart about the kind of stuff you do and have you in the best shape for the weekend, which is the most important time of the week. So that kind of stuff is has definitely changed. And the facilities around the league is, is improved, I think. You know, when, when it first started, everyone was a, a baby, like a new club and the facilities weren't great, the training grounds weren't yours and no one really had a base but now you find every club's got a training facility. They've got their own pitches. Some have synthetic for the days where it's wet. You know, you've got good stadiums. So it's it's improving, definitely improving. Um, and the quality of football is getting better too. Yeah, I think I, I, that's one thing I've noticed from, you know, watching afar and uh, keeping an eye on you and other games, mate, that uh, it, it definitely is improving. And, and when you think about it, it's still so young compared to all the other leagues around the world. So with all the new technology, mate, how, how far are you running on a daily training session at the moment? 
Oh, we do probably anywhere between six and eight k. You could be doing close to to 15, 20 k's a day. Um, so the data now is kind of kept within the the sports science staff and the coaches. We don't see a lot of it, but in game on game day, you'll do you'll do up to 12 k's um, in a game in a 90 minute game. So it's I think it's over about 125 meters per minute. So you're doing you're doing quite a bit of bit of work. Um, that's why the recovery is so important that you need to then be able to do that again tomorrow. You know, where you feel sore, you need to make sure that you, you can do it again tomorrow. So, um, yeah. you I know, think, doing yeah. quite a bit. It, uh, and, and that's the thing, mate. You, you think you go for a 12K run, whereas you're not just running at one speed. You're stopping, yeah. starting, you're getting tackled, you know, speed bursts, everything like that. So, mate, that is a lot of running. Now, um, a couple of questions I like to ask me guests, Vinny, is um, if you could go back when you were... 18, living in Melbourne with your sisters playing soccer. Is there one bit of advice that, you know, you know now that you wish you could have told yourself when you're an 18-year-old? Shit, good question, mate. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I've given you no warning either, mate, so <laughs> thrown you under the bus a bit there. Um, I don't know. I think just be believing yourself. I think you learn uh, as, as long as, you know, the longer you play that football is a game of opinions. Um, and don't let, you know, one coach might not like you and, and tell you no or you're not good enough or this and that. And I think as a kid, you let it get to you and you believe that you start to believe those people. But you can just as easily go to another club and the coach likes you a lot and you play every week. So um, I think and just having belief in yourself is a main thing because there's going to be people out there that say no. Um, but you just need to go probably to the next club or the next season and you're getting told yes. So it's just belief, I think, and it's, I guess that's hard to, to learn, yep. but it's, it's one of the most important things because your, your mind is a, is a powerful muscle that I don't think a lot of sports players tap into enough. You know, we don't do a lot of training on it. It's, it's essentially, it's a muscle, the brain, and, and we don't do a lot of psychology stuff at, at, you know, in our club here or in football, I don't think there's enough, but you find it a lot in individual sports that they do a lot of training in this area. Um, so I think, yeah, just self-belief is, is a, is a big one. And that's probably one that you can only learn over time, really, isn't it? That you, to back yourself in and have self like enough judgment in what you're doing and that you're preparing yeah. yourself right and that you're confident in your skills. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I guess you can't buy experience. You need to just you need to just be in that game and, and stay involved for as long as you can and eventually you'll learn and you'll get you'll get better. But that's why I guess experienced players are so so highly sought after because it's it's something that you can't teach. You just gotta you got to have the runs on the board. Yeah, good point, mate. So going on with that, like, what when when you're finished, hung up, two, three, four years time, the boots. What do you want people to when they say the name Vince Lear? What do you want to be recognised for, remembered for, mate? Like, is there something that you think that um, you've particularly done well throughout your career that you know that's the first thing people say when they remember you? I think just as a professional, just a solid professional, I, I try to do things. Right now, I didn't always do that when I was younger, um, but I'm now pretty, pretty professional in the way I go about my football. Um, I guess you got to the older you get, the, the more you have to look after your body. Um, so I just want you know people to to remember me as a, an honest, hardworking footballer, you know, team player that you know would do everything right. May not play well every week, but you can always guarantee that I'll you know give everything. And I think that's. That's one part of my game that I pride myself on, that if I had a bad day, I, I can always run, I can always tackle, I can always do the defensive side and the team structure. 
and you know at least you're getting one one part and then you know on the days where you play well you you, you play well and you do both yeah good point mate well from me mate I'll always remember you as the uh, under 13 state champions in Ballarat buddy I, I still think that's probably one of your biggest accolades <laughs> to be honest <laughs> now Vinny if people are like oh I really want to check out your cooking and um, keep up to date with you mate what's your uh, Instagram handle so I can chuck them the show notes yeah my Instagram is vincelea06 um, underscore all underscore obviously uh, vincelea06 so have a look I, I don't post as much as I should Lately, because we've had a lot of double sessions, so it's hard to get get home and then get in the kitchen. But I'll um yeah, I'll put a few things up, a few football things, a few personal stuff, and then some cooking. Perfect, mate, and I'll uh, I'll have links down the show notes. So Vinny, thanks so much for uh, you know reconnecting, mate, and being on the show, buddy. I really uh, really enjoyed hearing your journey and uh, having a chat, buddy. No problem, Slotty. Any time, mate. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Vinny. See you, mate.